Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Happy New Year and welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, Wednesday was a day like no other in Washington, D.C., when several unhinged idiots stormed the Capitol building to accomplish, well, to accomplish what exactly? Kim Bexley was in Washington to witness the anarchy and he has plenty to say about this egregious and embarrassing turn of events. And while we are one full week into a new year, some things, alas, never change. Case in point, Jonathan Yaniv is up to his usual disgusting shenanigans when it comes to breaking laws and uttering death threats. But will 2021 be the year when this thing finally ends up in the Crowbar Motel? Drea Humphrey shall offer her thoughts. And letters, we get your letters, we get them every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about my video regarding what had to be the craziest story of that super crazy year of 2020, namely the Chinese Aviation Authority proposing that flight attendants should wear adult diapers so that they can avoid the washrooms in aircraft so that they won't catch the Wuhan virus. And no, folks, I'm not making that up. Those are your Rebels. Now let's round them up. Yeah, no. 
Well, Wednesday was certainly a day like none other in Washington, D.C.'s history when we saw a bunch of people storming the Capitol building. And for what exactly? Luckily, we had our man in D.C. on the spot, Kian Bexty, and he joins me now. Uh, Kian, you're still in Washington, I believe. Uh, for starters, what was it like in the streets of the U.S. Capitol some 48 hours ago? 48 hours ago, it was electric. People were excited. Uh, people were there for, uh, you know, a righteous cause. They thought that the election was stolen uh, and they wanted to speak that. They wanted to have their voices heard. Uh, the people of power, they wanted them to listen. And then, of course, everyone has seen the footage. There were several people, uh, and it really was several out of hundreds of thousands of people who took hammers and baseball bats to the windows of punk. Uh, to the Capitol building, shattered those windows and started entering. Uh, and that's, you know, first time Capitol's been breached since the Canadians did it back in the 1800s, I think it was. So that, obviously that was unfortunate. Uh, and then the masses who were all pressed up against the Capitol building because there was confusion here. I would, and a lot of people aren't aware of this. People were trying to get to the other side of the Capitol building. They were told that that's where the event was being held. So they were trying to get around the Capitol building. So anyone who wasn't on the very front lines pushing through police officers had no idea that they were breaking the law until, of course, they got to the steps of the Capitol building. And then maybe they might have thought to themselves, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. But there was hundreds of thousands of people alongside them. So there was a few troublemakers there uh, who obviously did something that shouldn't have happened. Um, but the majority of people that were there that day uh, were upset for a reason that now we're not supposed to talk about, that the election is stolen. But, you know, Ken, you used the word unfortunate. I, I would use an even uh, greater word. Uh, it was a disaster on Wednesday, I thought. And I thought these idiots, and that's what they were, they gave a gift to the left. Uh, they have... Basically, we're going to see this story spun for weeks, months on end. That will be a highlight reel for the left in terms of justifying why we have to shut down the so-called radical right or right-wing extremists. And the other thing, Kian, is I'm curious what the end goal it was to that breaching of the Capitol building. So you break your way into the Capitol. You sit in Nancy Pelosi's chair, you take a selfie of yourself. Hey, look at me, look at me. And then what? Th then where does the revolution go? I, I mean, it was so bizarrely thought out. And like I said, such a gift to the left. Um, you would think that these people that did that uh, have all kinds of buyer's remorse for their actions on Wednesday. I imagine uh, there's a lot of people that are upset with what happens, especially the family of 
of a woman, uh, Ash, uh, Ashley Babbitt, who died uh, along with the other three people who died that day. I saw two of them being pulled out on stretchers right in front of me. Um, everyone wants to talk about the bad things that happened that day, but there was a lot of great things that happened. There was, you know, uh, it, it, it really showed uh, who these kind of people were when they were shouting at those folks shattering the windows, trying to physically stop them. These people who were all dressed in black, shattering the wind windows of the Capitol building. Uh, the crowd was physically trying to stop them, uh, taking their, their weapons away from them, pulling them away from the windows. The whole crowd was booing them as it was happening. I saw one man who was being pulled out by paramedics uh, on a police barricade, mm. not on a stretcher, on a police barricade, and there was two paramedics there, and there were six people wearing MAGA hats uh, that were helping the paramedics bring this guy out of the crowd. They 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 Obviously, he ended up dying, but they did their best to save his life. Uh, but the mainstream media is not talking about any of you know, the acts of terrorism that day. They're talking about a couple dozen people who, for one reason or another, uh, broke into the Capitol. And they're also not talking about the fact that the police were completely unprepared for what was happening. I mean, when Black Lives Matter was having a similar issue, uh, there was there was armed guards around the Lincoln Memorial. But yesterday, they just, there was like three or four down each sidewalk. That's not that's not an appropriate response to a march of a million people. No, you're quite right, Keenan. And like you said, you are not going to see those images. You're not going to see that narrative conveyed by the majority of those in the mainstream media. And let's also talk too about the hypocrisy. I, I'm sure you're on the same page as I am. As someone who espouses conservative values, you're all about law and order. You're not about violence and anarchy, and that's what we witnessed on Wednesday. By the same token, all throughout the summer, we saw American cities on fire. You know, Minneapolis, Seattle, uh, Portland. Uh, we saw incredible acts of violence and vandalism, no-go zones. And the Democrats, they turned a blind eye to this because that was Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, that was conducting that. And yet, at the same time, they were also saying, defund the police. Now, suddenly... Uh, as of Wednesday, you see the Democrats and those on the left saying, look at all these Trumpers. It's not a mostly peaceful protest anymore. And it's, hey, where are the cops? Uh, not defunding the police anymore. It, I mean, the hypocrisy to me, Kian, is just astonishing. Yeah, that's a really good point, David. Um, there's nobody calling to defund the police right now, but they want you to fund the police when, if it's their political narrative, when it's their guys doing the rioting. When it's their guys doing the terrorism, and AOC is, you know, is no different from that, right? Like AOC refused to my face to condemn the terrorist attack on the Tacoma ICE facility. I asked her in the halls of Congress, "Will you condemn this blatant act of terrorism and try to firebomb and kill uh, government officials?" And AOC just sort of shrugged it off, laughed, and the rest of the squad did exactly the same. Um, they 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 say that rioting is good and protesting is good and it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable. AOC says, but once they get uncomfortable, then you're not allowed to do it. So in other words, Kian, it depends on who is breaking the law. It depends on what political stripe you're under when it comes to law breaking and, and looting and arson and even uh, murder. Uh, but. It's not an even uh, field here. If, if, if it's those on the right, they are domestic terrorists, and those on the left, well, 
They're uh, mostly peaceful protesters, and they should be making you feel uncomfortable. I, I think that's well said. Moving on, where do we go from here? I mean, do you think, and we even saw, I mean, as early as Thursday morning, there were new YouTube censorship guidelines on what you can and cannot say about the election based on the actions of what occurred in D.C. on Wednesday. Do you see more censorious activity, if you will, uh, in the months to come? Uh, because obviously we have to protect ourselves from this vicious right-wing mob, which was, as you saw, uh, just a few dozen uh, radicalized individuals. Yeah, you, uh, you're right. Uh, That's a good question. Where do we go from here? Um, for me, uh, I actually have to go catch a flight and go back to Canada, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but, but generally, broadly, where the world goes from here, North America, Canada, and the United States, I think the left, uh, AOC, uh, and all, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden are going to try and use what happened yesterday they're going to pretend like it was on the scale of 9-11, which it absolutely wasn't. There, there was when no, none of these, whatever you want to call them, demonstrators, protesters, rioters, they didn't kill anyone. They shattered a window and put their feet up on someone's desk who has a very large ego. Uh, and maybe they hurt egos across the country fairly. Um, but, you know, it was two towers didn't fall down and, and obliterate. 3,000 people. That's It's not the same scale, but Joe Biden and Facebook and Twitter are going to change now, just like how they changed, just like how the government changed what you can, how airports work after 9-11. Now social media is going to change completely. How you're allowed to conduct yourself in the political process is going to change forever. But David, I do have to go catch my flight here, so I'm, I'm going to have to leave it here. You got it. Well, Ken, uh, thank goodness you are able to stay safe covering it, and uh, all the best to you in 21. Thanks, David. And that was Kian Bexty getting out of Washington, D.C. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. The offenses that led to Yaniv's latest arrest stemmed from an incident that occurred on October 22, 2019. And if you've been following some of my reports at YanivTrial.com, then you know that Yaniv was currently on probation at that date and still is today. And that one of Yaniv's conditions for that probation is to be on good behavior and keep the peace. Well, I'm no judge, I'm just a journalist, but I'm pretty sure that Yaniv breached those conditions by threatening to kill BC activist Chris Elston. Take a look. Get away from my car. Get away from my car. What do you not understand, you f***ing Get away from my car. You want to call another bomb threat in? Yeah. Get away. You want to get punched, don't you? Go away. Go away from my car. I need police for language, please. Yaniv, threatening to hurt someone. How not surprising at all. Now, you may also know Elston, who is also known as Billboard Chris. He often holds controversial signs and protests about his concerns with gender ideology and children being perceived as being able to consent to life-altering hormone treatments. 
We even did a report at rebelnews.com after Chris Elston and another BC activist put up a huge I Heart J.K. Rowling billboard in Vancouver. The sign was to support the Harry Potter author who has received some backlash for publicly expressing similar concerns as Elston's. Now, I sat down with Elston about what took place the day Yaniv threatened to take his life. And here is what he had to say. I probably need to be careful what I say because this matters before the courts, but uh, I was just out protesting in, in Walnut Grove in Langley. And... Yaniv came searching for me, I guess, and uh, first pulled up in the left-hand turn lane of the road and laid on the horn for about 20 or 30 seconds and uttered some stuff I don't even remember, uh, just that I was going to get arrested or something, you know, typical Yaniv nonsense. Well, the calendar might indicate that we're in a brand new year, but some things, alas, never change. Case in point, that vile, walking, talking freak show known as Jonathan Yaniv, a.k.a. Jessica Yaniv, a.k.a. Jessica Simpson, a.k.a. The Bride of Frankenstein. He, she, it is still uttering death threats, still breaking the law, and incredibly <laughs> still getting away with it. So what exactly is the deal with Yaniv? Or is that a query that has no logical answer? And joining us now for the latest chapter regarding that real-life horror show is Drea Humphrey. Hey, Happy New Year to you, Drea. Happy New Year. <laughs> so Drea, I'm not sure who I'm most upset with here. Yaniv or a justice system that seems completely reluctant to do something about this menace, presumably due to identity politics. What's your take? Well, I think we've got to point the finger at the justice system, absolutely. I mean, how many people need to be on the receiving end of all that is Yaniv before, you know, something gets done to protect people from Yaniv? It's, it's getting ridiculous, it's getting tiresome, and, uh, you know, the year is starting off really to no surprise. And I don't think that's going to be the end of uh, some of the outbursts, have you, or whatnot that we hear from Yaniv. You know, Dre, I tend to agree because I'm just wondering if we were in an alternate universe and Yaniv was, you know, a guy, a, a regular gal, and was doing these acts of violence. I mean, as you pointed out in your video, Kian took a shot. I took five shots of that steel cane to my head and shoulders. Um, the, I just wonder if there would be, um, I guess, so much latitude in terms of giving this person yet another chance or, or the justice system and even law enforcement turning a blind eye. But I think the point is, this is not what the justice system is supposed to be. Lady Justice is holding the scales. She's wearing a blindfold. So, you know, I hope, you're, I hope we do see some activity in the right direction in terms of blind justice in 2021 when it comes to this individual. Well, first of all, I didn't know you got five whacks. Wow. 
Um, but second of all, yes, absolutely. Also, you know, Yanif has a history of, you know, appearing to to know how to kind of work the system. So I think that sometimes when Yanif was in front of different judges and uh, booking certain courtrooms and things like that, um, or playing the victim very well, we saw that with Kian when Kian was refused entry and then the guards, or sorry, the um, sheriffs there accused him of recording and then he had to prove you know open up his phone he didn't have to but he chose to prove that that wasn't the case so we've seen you know accusations of things that kind of making you come off as the victim and then leave you know the journalist stuck out of the courtroom and stuck out of the courthouse and not able to report the news so yeah, I mean, my goodness, in your video, you even show him driving away. Uh, well, first of all, laying on the horn for like a good 20 plus seconds, uh, which is a, a traffic violation, then driving away while using his cell phone. Uh, again, another violation. I mean, he's blamed about it. The thing is, you know, Dre, I've asked you this question and uh, I've asked all our rebel staff about this. I'm trying to take a stab at what his motivation is. I think initially when he was trying to get um, female salon owners to wax his male genitals, I think he was deliberately fishing for negative reactions to go to a human rights tribunal, which he did. He filed more than a dozen cases to get a big payday out of it. Uh, I think it was a con, but the more I see this individual, I think it's kind of like half con and perhaps half mental illness. I don't think he's quite all there. And I think the same could be said for his mom. What do you think is the unspoken story here when it comes to the Jonathan Yaniv story? Absolutely. I think we do have someone who does have a mental illness on her hands and we don't have to guess at that anymore. Actually, in one of my reports, um, the judge did mention that Yaniv does have a diagnosis and things like that. And so, you know, that's nothing to make fun of, but it's also not an excuse for us to be at risk, um, you know, just to let people who aren't all there and violent and unpredictable, um, you know, run around. And in this case, drive around, not only on your cell phone recklessly, like there was some sort of emergency happening, um, but you know, while you're on probation, uh, threatening to kill people, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are going to take a very dim view of the justice system if this individual continually gets away with it. I can tell you, um, Drea, my last encounter was last summer in Toronto. He and his mother uh, were staying at the Pantages Hotel. You know the story, he was catfished. Mm -hmm. He was led to believe there was a minor at Sick Kids Hospital that he was going to get some visitation to. It, it's so creepy. It, it, it turns my stomach in. And who brings their mom along for a caper like that? You know, it's just you know. so out there. But um, he got law enforcement to appear lickety split because he falsely phoned in to 911 um, a weapons charge. He said, I had a handgun trained on mm -hmm. him and his mother. This was Eyewitnesses uh, said this to me. They overheard the call. And then uh, he later uh, puts out on social media that the only reason I wasn't arrested for a handgun violation is because I threw the handgun down a sewer. Um, well, Drea, not only does the handgun not exist, the sewer doesn't exist. 
I, and yet, when the police get there, uh, I'm the one in trouble because my car was <laughs> illegally parked. What is it with this guy that, regardless of the jurisdiction he's in, he always, uh, you know, he always gets a pass? certainly seems like a serial litigator. And, you know, there's something about what you mentioned, the whole reason that you were down there for that report. I cannot unsee <laughs> the bit of footage of Yaniv with his mom at the pool. I mean, oh. <laughs> I, I I was haunted for days. I, it was so gross. I think she's wearing her bra and then the water. dressing oh. the <laughs> Anyways, I had to say that right now, but you're right. I, I forgot, but yes, you absolutely have been face of, um, you know, baseless claims that don't even add up. Quite a wild imagination, you know. Uh, you show up with a mic in one hand and a gun in the other. I mean, it's ridiculous. And actually, in this situation, um, in the interview, that's why I asked Chris Elston, uh, who was the recipient of the uttered threats, um, I asked him, you know, what was the bomb threat? about, you know, because you can see you need deep, oh, you want to, something like, you know, you you want to call in a bomb threat again? So you can see how quick Yaniv knows he can use the court system by just simply saying something and get some attention. But you know what? It was that call to the police that actually had the police come in and look into things and guess who got arrested? It wasn't Chris this time. Oh, you know, that's good. Hoisted on his or her own uh, petard. Uh, one last thing, Andrea, I, you know, I want to be clear here. It, it's not that I'm trying to carry out any kind of anti-trans narrative. I mean, if you're a man or a woman and you want to slice and dice your genitalia and you want to remove your breasts or get breast implants and you want to, I don't know, pretend you're another gender, you know, hey, we're all about freedom. Do your own thing. The thing with this individual is he, had, he is continuing to adverse other people's lives in a negative way. He went to mostly immigrant women estheticians to begin yeah. with, uh, who didn't know how the system worked, who didn't know the law, and basically carried out extortion. And you know, quite frankly, Drea, given the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal, if there mm -hmm. hadn't been international press with, about this, I think he might have gotten away with it. Your last thoughts, my friend. Absolutely, I've seen reports that, you know, say, it was a shame that Yaniv did get away with that, which sounds outrageous to me. The women that were targeted were easy targets and, you know, they need to be protected with their rights and their right to bodily integrity and not have to handle, you know, anybody's body parts that they don't want to have. And it's nothing to do with transphobia. I mean, that word gets thrown around so much just to try to uh, silence common sense. It's not even funny. So. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Fantastic. Well, Drea, keep on this file. You're doing fantastic reporting on it. And uh, stay out of uh, arm's length of this person. I speak from experience. And yeah. uh, all the best to you in 2021, my friend. And I just want to add one thing. So the court dates have been set for Kian's trial, the trial regarding when he assaulted Kian, and that's coming up this February, so I'll be following that closely. Excellent. I can't wait. Let's hope justice prevails. Yes. Okay. Bye. Thank you. And that was Drea Humphrey in Vancouver. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Ah! 
Well, thank goodness the CAAC has a super duper solution for this issue. It wants flight attendants to, wait for it, wear diapers. Yep, these guys are really putting the PP into the PPE. Quote, it is recommended that cabin crew members wear disposable diapers and avoid using the lavatories, barring special circumstances to avoid infection risks, end quote. Infection risks. Alas, the catalyst for this whiz-bang recommendation is a story regarding a woman who traveled from Italy to South Korea. She contracted the coronavirus during the flight, and apparently the only time she did not wear her N95 mask was when she went to the lavatory. So it is that the tall forehead types running China's Aviation Authority believe that's where she might have been infected. Well, maybe. Would you believe, perhaps? So because of this theoretical typhoid Mary, there's now a move afoot to put flight attendants in diapers? <laughs> yep. One on the face and one in the usual place. My nostrils are weeping here, folks. I mean, just think of the olfactory joy that awaits when diaper-donning flight attendants make the round servicing passengers who are seated in what is essentially a hermetically sealed tube making use of recirculated air. <laughs> Gulp! Good grief, are the friendly skies about to become the fecal skies? Granted, so many of those flight attendants might look ever so cute in their uniforms, but methinks the fantasy dies a gruesome and quick death once that sexy coffee tea or me stewardess walks down the aisle with a freshly dispensed number two residing in her depends. Uh, no, ma'am, uh, no snacks for me, please. I'm on a strict diet, and I'm definitely passing on that amber-hued Mountain Dew. But say, do you happen to have a clothes peg I can affix to my nose? I'll pay you a hundred bucks for that. On the plus side, thank goodness planes are equipped with barf bags. Hey, forget air turbulence. Those little baggies are going to come in quite handy once the shite hits the fan. As for joining the Mile High Club, well, to quote Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Do not go in there. Woo! You know, folks, I often remarked that 2020 was the most insane year I have ever lived through. And I bet a lot of people harbored the same opinion. But as the months went by, I frequently pondered the question, have we reached peak insanity yet? Well, that story that broke last month about flight attendants wearing adult diapers so they could avoid using supposedly unsanitary airplane washrooms, well, <laughs> I think that was indeed the peak insane moment of 2020. And sorry folks, methinks 2021 isn't going to be any sort of utopia when it comes to getting off the Wuhan virus crazy train. In any event, you had plenty to say about a stupid idea that quite literally stinks. Melanie Todd writes, degrading, humiliating, ridiculous, pushing the envelope to see how much people will accept. Soon enough, passengers will be expected to do the same. Passport, please, and diaper check. 
I hear what you're saying, Melanie, and as if air travel couldn't possibly get any more uncivil, along comes this cockamamie made-in-China scheme that truly seems beyond belief. Campion04 writes, I hear in China they're advising people not to see their own family. Oh, wait, that's Canada. I can't tell who's more crazy. You know, you're right. It's so confusing these days when it comes to which nation is winning the cuckoo Olympics when it comes to Wuhan virus protocols. Henry Malvena writes, nothing surprises me anymore. 2021, here we go. You're right, Henry. I think I'm now shockproof when it comes to the latest idiocy in the name of curbing the virus. As they used to say on Laughing, sock it to me, baby. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.